Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're studying the book of Romans and learning how the power of the gospel impacts every part of our lives. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. We're here in the studio, obviously, and I have a postcard from just one of my dear friends in New York City, specifically the Bronx. The Bronx, I probably butchered that accent, but this is Pastor Ken Baker, and wow, what a work God has enabled Brother Ken to oversee there in the Bronx been there for about a decade, and the people that have been saved and the church that has been planted there, just amazing. So thank you, Ken, for listening and for your friendship. You are a blessing to many, including me. We are in Romans chapter 5. Talk about a blessing. Wow. If you can't be encouraged by Romans chapter 5, I just don't know what else to, to do because this is a believer's greatest resource to understand that we have the grace of God, salvation through Jesus Christ, a wonderful future. We were lost and undone. We had no hope. And this passage is all about God's love for and the hope that can be provided to sinners just like you and me. Remember in chapters one, two, and three, we kind of demonstrated how hopeless man is, at hopeless and also under the accountability of God. And then in chapter four, the 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 the, ne- the, the necessity of of faith and what God has done for us through the person of Jesus Christ, that we can be justified, that we can be declared righteous by God because of the gift righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible says the gospel reveals the righteousness of God that can be yours, that can be mine by invested faith in Jesus. We're in Romans 5 and verse number 6. For those of you that uh, have become used to sharing the gospel and maybe walking people down what we know as the Romans road, These are familiar verses, but please don't allow your familiarity with these verses to preclude you from just bathing in its depth once again, because these are such encouraging verses. Look at Romans 5 and verse 6, where the Bible says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. So remember, we ended last episode talking about hope, hope, that confident expectation that we will share in the very glory of God in heaven one day. A hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given unto us. So we are captured by and ought to be captivated by the love of God. So what is a good description of how much God loves us? Well, my mind immediately goes to John 3.16, perhaps the most famous verse in the Bible about God's love, where it says, For God so loved the world, the world of sinners, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I think 
Romans 5 and verse 6 describes it similarly. Look at verse 6, where it says, For when we were yet without strength. So when did God manifest his love? When was God's love manifested toward us? When we were without strength. When we could do nothing to help ourselves. Now, we've learned all about this in our study of the first few chapters of Romans. So we were yet without strength. And then in due time, Christ died for the ungodly, the ones that needed it most. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And obviously, we are all sinners, as this passage will abundantly make clear, but not all people see themselves as sinners. So the the point here is that God's love is so deep and so strong and so real that he loved us in our most unlovely place. When we were without strength, there was nothing we could do for him. When we were ungodly, Christ manifested his, his love. And did you get the qualifier? In due time. So at the right time, in God's perfect time, I think about the fact that God's timing is always impeccable, but I also think about that verse in Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 4, where this same point is brought out by the Apostle Paul, where he says, in due time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that are under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So what, what does that mean, that Christ died in due time? So in time and space, in God's grand redemptive narrative, Jesus had to die at some place at some time. Why does the Bible call it the exact right time? Well, I don't know that we'll ever know the full answer to that, but think about a couple things. First of all, think about the fact that when Jesus died, for the first time ever, the entire world was essentially speaking one language. Greek had become the lingua franca of the world. And so this is a ripe time for gospel opportunity and communication. Think as well that this was the time when the Roman government had dominated the world and had developed an infrastructure whereby the world was at peace and could travel. Again, just a perfect time for the gospel to take root and to spread so quickly. So in due time, God had unfolded his plan all throughout the Old Testament. Jesus came fulfilling all of the prophecies of Messiah. Therefore, Jesus is the Christ presenting himself to Israel who rejected him, but ultimately presenting himself to the entire world of of whom you and I are a part. So at just the right time, God did just the right thing for just the right reason. And you and I have just uh, the, the right opportunity to receive Jesus into our lives. So what kind of love is that? It's a, that's a fathomless, inexplicable love of God. Look at verse number seven. For scarcely, so again, going on to describe that kind of love, it's, it's hard for us to use a human metaphor to somehow explain God's love for us. So we might say, Well, God loves us like a mom loves her children. Yeah, but it's much more than that. Or God loves us like a best friend loves a best friend. No, it's more than that. It's much more than that. So how do you apply a metaphor to the love of God? 
Well, look at verse number seven. Here's what the Apostle Paul said. He said, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. And what that means is it's a rare thing for somebody to choose to give up his life because he believes that someone else is deserving by his lifestyle or behavior for me to give my life for his. I would take a bullet for him. He's a righteous man. How many episodes in human history do we know of, of people actually giving their life for somebody else? Now, it has happened, but the Bible says, for scarcely, for a righteous man will one die. Then it says this, yet peradventure, for a good man, some would even dare to die. Now, I have no doubt that there are certain people in your life for whom you would die. That is certainly true in my, in, in my case. There are people in my life. I would die for my wife. I would die for my children, my grandchildren. Uh, I probably wouldn't die for you. Now, I, I might, but depending on who you are. The point is this. Scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. So there are some really incredible stories of people that were willing to give their life for somebody else. Somebody jumping on a hand grenade to cover that grenade and save his fellow soldiers. We, we all know stories like that. I just read recently the story of Captain Sea Captain James Riley, whose ship, the Commerce, was uh, sank off the coast of Africa, and he and some crew members were able to row to shore only to be enslaved by some nomadic Muslims that were there. And there came a point in that whole process where James Riley's cabin boy, a 15-year-old boy, they were all so sick that James Riley, who had made a promise to this boy's mother, said, listen, take him and let me die. Now, the, the, the story goes on and they were able to survive, but wow, what kind of love is that? So we can find stories like that, but watch what the Bible says. Scarcely for a righteous man would one die, yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die, but God. Don't you love that? But God commendeth or demonstrated, he demonstrates even today. God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now that's a mouthful of a verse because it says that God commended his love, and that Christ died for us. That's not to say that Christ is not God. We know that certainly Jesus is God the Son, but the distinction here is God loved us, God the Father, by the fact that Jesus was willing to die for us when we were sinners. So how is it that God the Father is the one doing the loving and Jesus is the one doing the dying? Well, first of all, that's not a mutually exclusive statement. It, God the Father made a sacrifice, just as Jesus made a sacrifice. Jesus sacrificed his life, his body on the cross. God, as a father, sacrificed his son. That's a huge sacrifice. It's not that God loved us and Christ did not love us. Of course Christ loved us. It's the constraining love of Christ by which the Apostle Paul lived. So it's not that one loves, the other sacrifices. They both love, they both sacrifice. They are co-equal, co-eternal. A co-equal in purpose. But the point here is that 
God loved us by giving us his son who died for the ungodly. Now, I can't fathom giving my child for someone else to live, especially if I were to give my child for somebody who hated me, despised me, was my sworn enemy, and was completely guilty of the charges against him. And yet that's exactly what God did in sending his son. That's exactly what Jesus did in dying on the cross. That's a great place to just stop and meditate about how much you are loved. Now, I know today you might feel as if you're a failure. You might feel as if people that are closest to you have let you down. That may be true. But let me just remind you today that God loves you and he loved you at your lowest point. And that love that he has for you continues today in a profound way. And you can bank on the endless, fathomless, foundational, unconditional love of God in your life. That's good news. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, take a moment to subscribe or share the podcast with a friend. Until next time, God bless.